Wubba-lubba-dub-dub! <laughs> it's the DM freaking book club, you asshats! Now, welcome up! We're doing some D's and D's and putting it in our role-playing campaigns or some shit. I don't know. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub! <laughs> We're British. <laughs> don't excuse it. Um, welcome to the DM's book club. A podcast which has gone completely off the rails, <laughs> but I absolutely it's love it. right. <laughs> yes. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Um, oh, yeah. I think we've shown the power dynamic. I'm the Rick. You are the Morty. <laughs> That's what's happened. I am certainly the Morty here. I didn't realise that would be happening, but... I, it, does. it does. It does. Well, Hamilton, how are you? We'll start with that first. How are you? How are you? Are you okay? <laughs> am I okay? Are you all right? Do you need some help? Um, yes, I am good. I'm sorry. It's reading this, what we're about to do today has got me in a, in a, in a space. Um, I also <laughs> had something that I was going to mention, because I can mention it now, because by the time this comes out, uh, it will be a thing, is that, and it's not a big deal, it's not like super that amazing, but on Monday, yeah. I'm sneaking back into my Curse of Strahd game. <gasps> exciting yeah so they don't ah. know I'm turn- none of them know i'm turning up apart from the dm oh. and they've just come like down so i've just found out like yesterday I-, I forgot to mention this in the last recording but um so i had been chatting about it for a few weeks i'm gonna play one of the characters his uncle who's like a really important figure that went into barovia before and then got lost oh. and supposedly died but it's been like hiding in a temple that's been like that has a hallowed spell on it mm-hmm. i've then like decided i like for some reason i need to get back to the city and then they've just come to the place where I'm hiding out in this like other temple. And I, they've literally just gone, like all they had at the last episode is um, you walk down a street, a corridor, and you you hear from a door behind you, you didn't notice before someone walk out. And we'll pick that up next week. And they oh, don't know that then I've got, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to sit there and wait. And they're going to like do all the beginning intro. Hello, how you doing? La, 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 la. So you turn around and then they go, wubba, lubba, dub, <laughs> Oh my God, please go in with that energy. I don't think, I don't think that's going to work. I, oh no, but that would be amazing. Oh, so I'm quite excited about that's that. That's so exciting. Well, it's so interesting because I, I am now myself on a, a Curse of Strahd kick. Because recently, yes, at the time of recording, we've just released an uh, interview with Beth the Bard who wrote... She is the ancient, the gender-bent Curse of Strahd. Mm. And I've been reading that again because that's been really, really interesting. But also I found, because uh, she did lots of great advice about um, artwork. So there's a person whose name I've now probably forgotten. I think it's James RPG Art. I think that's his name on okay. Patreon, who does all this Curse of Strahd, like, pictures that you could show up at certain points so i've just gone and downloaded all of those and uh, like subscribed to his patreon because like those are really cool awesome. and then uh she recommended some music stuff which i've now listened to and now i'm like i just want to run curse of strad well aren't you going to run curse of strad we're going back to it we're so close to finishing a, a high level yeah 20th level for actually again i forgot to mention this in the last recording as well mm. we just defeated a big bad mm. like proper yeah and we I, which one was it was it the queen of the seely unseely court it wasn't her she's the real big bad oh she's the real big bad but it's the one underneath that's been basically the one this whole campaign <laughs> the queen of witches and it was we, we were like planning it and the says right i have to do this but you have to do this you have to do this and we thought we weren't going to get it but then all these circumstances just lined up. Like we managed to banish her her form to a different place. She had to use up her legendary actions to get back. And she was going away. And then we all teleported to where she was and she couldn't run away. And then I just, I stabbed her several times uh, with, and I got criticals. And, we, and it was just so funny because obviously we're all rolling. So I was like, that's it. We, I, I, she's yeah. going to get away. And then, then the DM just goes, how do you kill her? And we all just go, <laughs> and it was it was we, i had some i took some screenshots of it uh from the video we recorded yeah. of it and we're just all there going yay arms up like hooray yeah, 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 yeah. 
Like awesome. we couldn't actually believe it. But yeah, it was it was super fun. So anyway, that campaign's coming now to an end. And the the other the other players really want to continue the Curse of Strahd stuff. So thanks to Beth the Bard, I'm gonna try and basically we're gonna do a soft restart and change some of the stuff and And you're gonna go for the gender bent version. Here's the thing. I was doing it as a gender bent version, cool. but yeah. only Strahd at the top. None of yeah. the other things were and actually yeah. reading Beth the Bard's book, I've changed my mind on quite a lot of things because there's some really good alternatives there. I'm a bit worried to listen to it because I'm about to go back yeah. into it. I was so going to say, I'm you're like... going back into it. Don't, yeah, because you're, you're currently an actor. In yeah, it, so that's what mm. I mean. So it's really annoying because I, I was like, I really want to listen to it because it's like, if I was going to run it, that's how I think I've, I've heard so many good things about Beth the Bard's version. Yeah. I also think it just seems so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. I would say to you, read the introduction chapter because that's how she talks about her thinking about it, but it's yeah. full of spoilers for the main campaign and I know you've not done it all, so uh, I'm just, uh, so I'm going to be like, mm. so okay. next year, Hamilton, when you've finished it yeah. <laughs> in some capacity, we'll have a big chat about it. But that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Something completely different. So you sort of brought this up to me in the sense mm-hmm. of like, because you'd never read this particular adventure before. And I actually mm-hmm. thought it's a good one to talk about. So today yeah. we're talking about D&D versus Rick and Morty, the starter set. Wubba lubba dub dub. Wubba lubba dub dub. If in case nobody got that from Pickle the Rick. intro. Pickle Rick. Um, my first question to you, Hamilton, are you a Rick and Morty fan? No, I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. <laughs> I had a funny thing with it. So I think uh, season three had just come out and someone said mm-hmm. to me, oh, have you watched Rick and Morty? And I was like, nah, I've never watched it. I've always seen it. Like, I'm not sure. And they, and they go, but your favourite movie is Back to the Future, which is basically based yep. on. Yep. Uh, you like all nerdy things. And uh, you always talk about like, hey, like anime and all this stuff, like in cartoons and stuff. But so you like Futurama. So why haven't you watched this? And I go, yeah. no way. When you put it that way, I don't mm. know why I haven't watched it. And then I've, and now it's one of my favourite things ever. So mm-hmm. Cause again, I am um, similar thing. So in case for those folks who haven't watched any Rick and Morty for whatever reason, it is, I know it is everywhere, but some, you know, we had that thing before mm. about people getting put off by it. So Rick and Morty is an American adult animated science fiction sitcom created mostly by Dan Harmon for a a company called Adult Swim. And the series follows the misadventures of a cynical mad scientist called Rick Sanchez and his good-hearted but fretful grandson, Morley Smith, who split their time between domestic life and interdimensional adventures. So that's all you need to know. Yeah, so yeah, very much back to the future. You've got a very different... uh, I had a description of it, which is Rick, an alcoholic sociopath and scientist, live with his daughter, Beth. (laughs) Apart from building gadgets, he takes his morally right but dim-wit grandson, Morsi, on absurd intergalactic (laughs) adventures. Yeah, you know, there's an expansion on it as well. So yeah, yeah. and I think I'm going to put this across now. Like I said, I don't think Rick and Morty is everyone's cup of tea. I certainly in the more later series, because I don't like the fan base, which I know is, it's just a thing to say, like, I was there before it was cool. Not, Not true at all. But it's just that. I think it's interesting what, what Dan Harmon's done, who is an amazing writer. I think we've got to get Justin Roiland in there as well, because they yes, are co-creators. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. you're correct. Yeah, Justin Roiland yeah. as well. They're both amazing writers. And I just want to say, like, Dan Harmon, obviously, with creator of Community and mm. uh, Harmon Quest. So there is that D&D sort of uh, yeah. relationship there. He's also very influential in writing circles as well. There's the Dan, Dan uh, Harmon story circle as well, which is like an updated version of the Hero's Quest. Oh, yes. Yes, I know what you mean, yeah. As in like the uh, the background to... Hero's uh, Journey, writing, not... Hero's yes. Journey. Yeah. yeah, not the Hero's Quest. That's me putting it. I think it's one of the most iconic sort of sitcoms, comedy mm-hmm. things in the last decade, for sure. The one thing I do want to point out that's really, really interesting is that when they're voicing it, 
quite a lot of it is actually improvised uh, to the point that who I can't remember, forgive me, I can't remember who voices Rick Shan- Sanchez. Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. He will drink before <laughs> recording and just, just go for it, essentially. And you're like, you can feel Gosh. it though in the energy of it. It is the closest you get to a D&D campaign as a TV show, as in like a TCRPG yes. campaign as a TV show, because it, there's so much like clearly is improvised. Yes. And I just wish, like that's kind of what you'd want from a D&D game is that someone very talented to add animation to it to actually make it yeah. watchable. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what it really just needs. Because they just, well, the whole like, they have a thing, uh, people haven't watched it, the multiverse TV unit. Um, mm. I forgot what the term is for when they, they have it, like it's called, they do lots of different episodes when it is all about that. But they have, you know, that half of that is just all improvised. There's the yeah. one about the guy with the doors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I just I love that, that guy. He's just like <laughs> he's like selling doors. I sell doors. They're not real doors. They're fake doors. The doors come down to the fake door shop, and then and then, and then he walks out of the office, and they go, "Is this still part of the advert?" And he gets into his car and drives home, and it's like, "Oh, this is still the advert," and it's like so weird. It's like yeah. it's just me and my my friend Dan when we were younger used to make stupid YouTube videos, which are not on the internet anymore because they are so stupid. <laughs> but that's the sort of crap we used to do. We used to just yeah. film ourselves making up TV shows all the time and being ridiculous. Mm. And I kind of just, it's a bunch of teenagers making stupid things, but they're, they've got money and adult lives that make it available for us to watch. <laughs> basically. But you know what? You've hit on something there. It's like, it's like the closest we get to a D&D campaign. And what I take from that actually, I, I do agree with that because I guess when we're talking about like you know, D&D campaigns, we're heroes and we're, we're getting mm. our, you know, getting our way. We're doing stuff, and that's like the ideal version of it. And the reality version yeah. of it, most of the time, is that we are failing forward and yeah. hoping to God we get there. Yeah. And I think you're right. The actual meta commentary that you get from yeah. <laughs> Rick and Morty is like they are quite often the anti-heroes. Oh, yeah. Now then, yes. looking at this, so let me read you the press release from Wizards of the Coast. So, yes. the world's greatest role-playing game meets television's most dysfunctional family. What could possibly go wrong? D&D has partnered with Adult Swim to bring this box set blending the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons with the mad narcissistic genius of Rich Sanchez's power gaming sensibilities and includes everything a dungeon master needs to channel their inner mad scientists and run a rickrolling adventure from up to five players, one to three. Uh, this book is the perfect introduction to Dungeons and Dragons with fans of Rick and Morty. Choose characters from the Adult Swim show and learn to play D&D with a hilarious adventure with Rick's sarcastic meta-commentary and narcissist's genius leading you every step of the way. That is it. That's yes. a really good summary of this yeah. box set. It is first four chapters is the, the very basic rules. It's exactly the same rules you get in the basic pack, the, the, the basic set. The three basic rules or even in mm. the, the player's handbook. But you have uh, this voice throughout, which is obviously of yeah. Rick Shantes, the, the lead character in it. And it, obviously we've talked about this before, you know, with books like Tasha's and uh, Volo's, that sort of thing, there is a voice throughout. Here, though, the voice is almost 50-50, <laughs> like yeah. almost contradicting every other paragraph and stuff. And you can really feel it in the writing. I read a little bit of a review of it, and I think they put it very well, which is that if this is your first introduction to D&D, and you like Rick and Morty, it's a bit yeah. dangerous because you might, even if you do know Rick's humour, you mm. might think that some of this stuff is a good way to be a DM. Yes. And I think it's only until you until you are, if you're ingratiated in D&D, it's a much more enjoyable read because you can mm. laugh at the sort of like, the jokey obviously is clearly not how a DM should be, but it's yes. kind of funny. And you kind of, in some ways, play with your characters in those ways anyway just to piss with them when you know them well enough but if yes. you're not yes. if you go straight into D and take these as like 
oh, this is how a DM should be. It's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, there's no session zero rules in, in this starter just, set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to some of the, there's so many great little ticks in there, and like Meta as well, when he takes the piss out of them, like um, being too capitalist and stuff like that. Already upselling. You see that marketing? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Playing D&D is good, but running it is a total power load, Morty. You're going to be a god, Morty. You control the horizontal and vertical. You tell the players what's going on, then you entertain their asses with your brilliance, Morty. You get a little taste of what it's like to be me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is an interesting point, because I'm sure we're going to talk about this quite a lot, because I've actually run this, the adventure, and I've read through this setting before and stuff like that. And what drew me to it was the fact that you could be this sort of DM who's sort of like... Yeah, big ego, power sort of thing. And being, I don't want to say crass or rude, but like making fun mm. of your players in a mean and in quotation marks way, yeah. but also at the expense of you know, making yourself like the big idiot, the big character. Yeah. You are playing yeah. a character as this exactly. DM. And yeah. I was like, oh, I really relish in it. But I know some people might not want that because a DM, you're supposed to be impartial. You're supposed uh, to be like yeah. one of the things. But what I find interesting with this whole adventure, it is kind of geared around the DM. Yeah. And the players, I'll be honest, don't matter too much. No. So it was very for me, it was very interesting. So I've run it through twice now. And both times I didn't tell the players we were playing a Rick and Morty inspired adventure. And I don't know if it worked. I think I, I might have to mention and spoil it essentially and say, by the way, it's going to be this. Yeah. There might be some things that just just let you know I'm not like this as a yeah. DM. <laughs> it's not how I really want to be, but this is part of the game. Like it's kind of yeah. I think you just need to know. They need. I think if you know you well enough and you know as a DM, you're not normally like they say. Hey, we're playing a Rick and Morty one. I'm sort of playing Rick as yeah. the DM. Yeah, and that's all you need to say, and then they'll Agreed. know that this is not how you DM because exactly you're not normally if you're an ISU the sort of person that goes. Um, you're not winning until someone cries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh, but how much do I want to be? My my little slithering know, exactly. heart is like. I know oh. that's the thing. <laughs> that, that makes you know. And he goes, um, you know, the group might fail to complete an adventure setting, but if the players had a good time, create a memorable story, they all win. A nice sales pitch, but it's horse poop, Morty. Life is about winners and losers. <laughs> Captain Drama Pantsy doesn't want to admit that when his character dies, he's a loser, but he is. Let me get this really clear. The dungeon master is a winner by default, but being in charge is messing with your friends makes you top dog, dog. After that, it comes down to who gets the most fat loot, experience points, and who rolled the best. Uh, yeah. It's good. How cool. I just, yeah, I, I, and again, it's just a credit to the writers of being able to put through such a strong character, even in that writing, even if you didn't know Rick and Morty that well, if you knew it was just like a bit of a bit of an asshole with someone, you know, like a narcissist or something, saying these things, you're like, yep. And you can yeah. tell with the writing is like not being super serious as well. Was there anything that particularly stood out to you from the box set? Was there anything that you were like, oh, this is really cool, I really like this? I think the thing that I, yeah, I think that what they've got is the the humour completely right. And I just love it as a, as I said, being someone who's played a lot of D&D, knows all the tropes, knows all the, the jokes that we make about bad DMs, bad players, and, all, and, and good, and, you know, and the stupid things that you do anyway. I just love the little interlude by Morty. It's just such a fun, it's a very fun read. And you do have those things. You just, you just can feel like sometimes you know you've had those moments when you just want to you know like uh when he keeps talking about like what I've, I've mentioned to you before off camera which is the maureen one which is like 
this is advantage disadvantage thing is perfect to use against annoying players if your player maureen says which always reminds me of like our ranger angela angela <laughs> shouldn't these goblins run away after we killed 72 of their pals you just look her right in the eye and say no maureen they shouldn't these goblins are hopped up on no blood and they chug before the battle now they've got advantage how do you like that maureen and then don't let the players turn this back on you either when maureen's character flado the fearless tries to chug no blood on his own you shake your head and say ah oh, nuts maureen that no blood is toxic to dwarves now you got disadvantage on your rolls maureen finger guns optional <laughs> finger guns that's the thing <laughs> i just because um, you you would never do it but you do it as a joke to play as you know well enough like i know like will in all my games makes i make terrible puns will makes yeah. terrible puns but when will makes terrible puns i will give him disadvantage on his next rolls <laughs> Because, it, you know, I will give him inverse inspiration. <laughs> I love that. Like you said, if you know the players well then and have that sort of fun, it's great. Yeah. So this has been, they've also added some stuff mm. as well. So there's something called the surprise table. So I'll read out the, the quote from it. Mm. Remember before when I said stuff about messing with your players' expectations? Combat and non-combat surprises are crucial to that, Morty. If one of your players is wasting too much time searching for shit that doesn't matter, or getting weepy about their character's backstory, shell surprise and drop a random encounter on their asses. And then it's like a D12 table of surprises that you can... And I just love that. Because you know so players good. talk too much or whatever. It's Leroy Merlin them. I just like, have a timer on my phone and go, oh, surprise! <laughs> and then just roll two flame skulls flying in. <laughs> the other one that I really enjoyed was uh, the saving throw ones. This is the core of it, Morty. Force them to jump through pointless hoops for your own entertainment. Some players <laughs> think they're untouchable, Morty. This is how you touch them with the finger of God. <laughs> 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 oh that's so funny it's so good it's just oh. like because you do have that power as dm and that's what it's like the thing is you 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 are god in in yes. the scenario you literally can just say no and you don't yeah. and what it shows is like the whole point of it is to you know is about making a collaborative game but if you took the core of it you could with great mm -hmm. power comes great responsibility Fiona. <laughs> and yes. and as with that if you are rick you will you know kill everyone <laughs> there's, yeah there's also like a critical failed condition table as well when they get a natural one uh, which again i love the only thing i wanted to say about that combat uh section is that there's still xp that's still mentioned and i'm kind of surprised that that's still mentioned maybe just because it's just like sort of just keep it in because it's in the basic rules perhaps but i'm just like there's not much of a comment on it i'd be like fuck it we don't have time for this Mori. like you're a little yeah. tent now i don't care there's a chapter on spell casting so obviously there's a like a little bit of spell casting oh, yeah. through like levels uh, one to three so they get all the ones that you might need for this adventure that's coming up and rick has done a rating <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's it. I'm trying to get to it now. Yeah, I love it because I I think it's 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 something that you have in the back of your head because obviously you're like, oh yeah, maybe I want this spell, and it's just like, <laughs> okay. no. I do love the. I thought this was calling me out. This one when you get to spell casting though, because it goes, this is the real stuff right here. It's magic, Morty. Blazing fire, shooting out of fingertips, mind control, teleportation, other badass power moves. Yeah, yeah, your rogue can pick a lock and climb wall. I just blew that fucking door off its hinges, then flew past you on my way to my eldritch glory. Eat my sparkly ass. <laughs> 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 it's just like all right i'm sorry rick <laughs> i will say as well again for context as well and i know this is me, like me explaining a joke so instantly it's like more as a result but jerry the character in rick and morty is the one that everyone makes fun of because he's yeah. just the boring know nothing yeah. thing but i love the fact that certain spells which obviously rick finds boring he just names them jerry spells yes that's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is a spell that jerry would take 
Yeah, exactly. And you can so tell them that he's such a wizard because he obviously goes, prepared spells, this is a feeble attempt to try and impose some kind of cap on wizardly supremacy. If I've ever played at your table, you can ignore these limits. They're unnecessary. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, I love the Jerry ones. I'm trying to get to them now, actually. Where are they? Uh, it's like, fireball. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Lightning bolt. Yes, big zap. Protection from energy. Jerry, Jerry spell. spell. <laughs> Sanctuary. Jerry spell. Guiding bolt. Yes, burn. <laughs> Spirit guardians. Okay. <laughs> Dancing lights. Jerry spells blur meh. I love that. Yeah, I I think I quite like that because again, just from my own experience of of like mm. going through it and going, no, oh, not a great spell. Oh, that could be cool, and then ah, oh, it's rubbish. That sort of thing. It's like quite nice to have that almost reconfirmed in a way with yeah. someone else's character on top of that. The more intensive ones are like augury. This is for theater marriages and Jerry's. Don't worry about divine in the future when you play D anD D. More the story will find you when you start killing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, and bless. Almost a Jerry spell, but at least you can pump a bunch of people so they can kill shit better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's such a great writing one. <laughs> charm person, sorry. Jerry needs a spell just to make friends. Oh, if you no. really want to charm someone, do what everyone else does. Get rich and buy their loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing I wanted to mention, so then it goes into like, once you've done all those four chapters, you had the appendixes, but I really like the final appendix. Appendix B. Yes. Yeah, appendix B. What is the fucking point? And I think this is actually like a really genuine feeling thing to it, because obviously it says you've read like 65 pages or whatever of those mm. rules, and he says, none of this matters. Yeah. These rules don't mean shit. I feel me and Rick are coming more closer, because what I say in every one of our shows at the moment is like, and you don't have to do any of this and literally is a whole page at the end which yeah. i don't think they do enough in dungeon dragons because obviously probably but they do in the dungeon master's guide a bit more and mm. and other books sometimes they obviously say you know feel free to like you know make it you know we, you know the whole idea that whatever's canon in your world is canon sort of thing yes, and so absolutely yes in all the forgotten realms yeah absolutely and i kind of wish i guess obviously it makes sense to put it after all the rule stuff but i kind of wish it was at the front <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not because it like it's like really important or anything like that, but I just think the writing of it is so good, and right, it just yeah. it feels like a big monologue, as if it, like, yeah. you know it's that bit at the end of the episode. Rick is talking to Morty about it, and it's like you got to understand it. the rules don't mm. be shit, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just thought it was such a good bit of writing. Yeah. So I would highly recommend reading that if you. No, I do. The best bit of it, and I think it's like it sums it up in the thing is like. Your brain is focused on the game is instead of the game as it could be, Morty. I told you at the start that D&D is a portal gun, and I mean that. Even while I was taking pot shots at Wizard Coast and their corporate overbee encounters. <laughs> it's a weird little place where everyone gets to gut goblins and blast bugbears and be kind of sort of awesome for a, for a little while. Sometimes it's weird and annoying, but when it works, Morty, when it really works and your players are putty in the palm of your hand, their hopes and dreams hanging you every word and roll of the dice, that's why we do this. Get it? So true. It's very true. And at the end of it, roll the dice, get stupid is like yeah. my new motto <laughs> like, i love that yeah yeah this is the first sort of collaboration that doesn't take itself so seriously so like the other collaborations uh like the stranger things starter set yeah. a critical role uh, acquisitions incorporated they all have DD at their core and they're all pretty serious to an extent even i would say acquisition incorporated even though it's like it's making fun of the genre but it's like taking itself seriously to a Within point that. yeah yeah whereas this is like it knows and it's okay yeah it's very self-aware but you yeah. couldn't be rick and morty without it adventure then so yes. I, I as i said to your camera I, I watched an actual play yeah tell me how that went well i won't say who it was no um so <laughs> uh oh <laughs> but i will say that it was fine 
because what I thought is you told me that you, before we first said we we're going to do this, you told me how you played it and mm-hmm. and how you kind of got two of your really good friends and you you got merry with a bit of alcohol, I think, so you did. And you just a had little a really, bit, yeah, had a lot of a fun evening with some really close friends that you played D and D with before, and you mm-hmm. just inhabited the Rick. And I can imagine, yes, that's what I was. So I thought, okay. These people, whoever they were, should know what they're doing, got a good production values. Maybe this will be really good. Again, not mentioning who they are. And actually, the players, to be fair, really inhabited their characters. Mm. But the DM didn't do any oh. of this rickety business, I'd say. They didn't do it as much. I mean, they were playing, they were taking the mick out of Morty and they were sort of doing it, but it wasn't like scathing or ricky enough that and that's fine but it's not mm. you know like i kind of got through 30 minutes and then i mm. skipped another 20 minutes skipped and then i watched the second half thinking okay maybe now they're gonna get into it and then i was like come on what's gonna happen and then they got some cool loot and i was like okay so i felt a bit like uh, a bit lost on that so maybe yeah. and so it was a bit of a shame so maybe i should have read it more because i thought that'd be a better way of enjoying it here's the thing though because i think a lot of the people will get the sort of the main source of it through watching actual plays i mean i get that mm. a lot like through other rpgs so I, I, i'll instantly go to watch an actual play of an rpg yeah. that i'm going to run so, so i think you do what most people do and also it makes sense right because you know you could read it but also you're like i want to see people actually acting it out mm. one thing i would say though like so we've all um Wizard of the Coast Adventures, obviously they have the little box text that you can read out and stuff like that. And each of the box texts, the actual adventure, yeah. I think it's really interesting that, yeah, the Lost Dungeon of Rickness is what the uh, yeah. adventure is called. Rickedness. Rickedness, sorry. Yes, Rickedness. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Big Rick energy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also, it is quite nerve-wracking because I remember sitting there having like a drink in and I was like, all right, I have to be a little bit mean to my players. Yeah. And I just did it. And because, again tooting my own horn here a little bit you know i've done some improv i can inhabit like being a bit of an egotistical <laughs> honest mm. honest there is a separate between me and my ego i promise so i managed to do it but i think it's actually quite scary to do that anyway with a group of strangers mm. but also on a stream as well where you yeah. might be taken out of context i think it's this one would have been really good to do if it was for example people who've worked on the show well that's what i was hoping yeah. for dan harm you know getting the actual people who played them to play yeah. this would be like perfect because that would just sell it obviously because you could really like get involved with it and stuff like that and that i think that would be a big drive in general but it sounds yeah. like that's not what happened with this particular actual play and that, that's a shame i think but at the same time i can imagine on the experience for me was that i was doing it with friends in person mm. it was like our little in jokes mm. i will say a lot of the stuff some of the stuff in here might not be very pc uh, <laughs> depending yeah. on who's watching it you know so yeah. it's like maybe they don't want to put it all online or anything well like that's that. the thing and i think that's that's the problem but it just felt very it did feel as an adventure from one watching it uh, it's, it's very combat heavy it's not very role play heavy i mean yes. going off like the first thing in the in the beginning says you're an adventurer maybe you're a good adventurer whatever why are you here no one cares don't play your backstory we're here to kick ass and find treasure that's your motivation now go get to roll you know and it's like mm. it's not a very role play heavy game apart from potentially between your characters if you know the characters very well but again i find mm. that very it would be unless you know the the show well enough and being able to inhabit yeah. those characters perfectly mm. you, or you know already you're going to take the piss out of whoever's playing jerry and you know yeah. that like Beth's going to be kick-ass and pretend she's a doctor all the time <laughs> yeah and all that stuff but it doesn't give you the full experience of dnd almost answers my next question in a way so on this mm. particular stream that you were watching were they playing the pre-generated characters yes yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So in both times I've run it, I've asked them to bring their own characters to it and right. justify it in that way. Because 
again, I wasn't entirely sure if they a knew a lot about Rick and Morty anyway, and I didn't want to that, and also I didn't tell them it was going to be Rick and Morty, so I didn't want to give that away. But also, I just it's such a small thing getting the pre-generated characters as a form fillable like mm. as a as a i guess obviously now in dnd beyond you could create them easily enough they clearly were meant for printing out and handing to people rather than as an yeah. online place so you can't really change stuff as well so that, that also was another thing which i was like mm, don't really like that but i just i wasn't really inspired by any of the characters per se yeah i know that you have those dynamics if you know the show really well you know like everyone is going to pick jerry all that sort of people poke fun at morty and the the women are pretty badass you know so but i but going to your point about the combat stuff the actual adventure itself is a really interesting one there is definitely combat in it but a lot of the rooms a lot of the locations in it there mm. that mostly are big tropes of dungeons but yeah. also big tropes from rick and morty the show anyway yeah but there's a dialogue in it and this is obviously massive spoilers for people who, who aren't going to play it, but mm. obviously as a dungeon master, you get further and further on, obviously you're lording your power over these rooms and, you know, you're like, you're, you're punishing players in the fun yeah. way because they get puzzles wrong. A lot of these rooms are actually puzzles and negotiation things, as yeah. you could also find as well. But it gets to a point about two-thirds of the way in where you, the DM, are kidnapped and replaced by somebody else. Rick Sanchez is replaced by somebody else who is lovely and nice and you're like oh you now come to a butterfly room isn't that mm. lovely you know all that yeah. sort of thing and then you get to the final big boss room and it turns out you've been the dm is whoever is taken over wants you to get whatever rick sanchez has got hidden in this dungeon at the end and you have a big boss battle where you yeah. rescue rick the dm who yeah. then ends the boss battle for you because the dm has the most power and just destroys just destroys the big bad for you so the players get nothing and they're like come on chaps let's go you know and then you blast your way out with a portal gun and that's yeah. the end of the adventure yeah so it is i love it because it's like i love the twist about being replaced as a dm i love the fact that you know it's all about you in the end mm. and then even then you're the winner dm is the winner right you beat the big boss that you created and the players get nothing <laughs> it is one of the most satisfying things as a DM. Like, obviously, yeah, like I know, so I know it's not for everyone, but the players yeah. who've been playing along this whole time, they're like, we've been duped, <laughs> and we loved it. <laughs> I didn't get much of that from the one I watched. Yeah, at all. So that's what was a shame. So yeah. yeah, okay. Well, that so it sounds like this is the thing. I think I need Fiona. Go get some friends. <laughs> Go do it and film it and put it out there. Oh because... man, I I would love to. I actually would love to. Maybe we'd have to do like an audio one shot of it. Like oh, I'd a... love it. Yeah. I also like the idea. There's the chapel of the butlers because <laughs> yes. the whole thing about the butlers people because their butts have been stolen by this portal. <laughs> <laughs> this big butt trap is <laughs> great. Yeah, and I will say yeah. So all there's like 39 rooms in total in this whole dungeon, and each one of the rooms like you could easily take and put in if you were running mm. like under mountain or any yeah, other. There's random. a lot of rooms rooms there's so many and there is a lot of different things and there's a lot of things that I take as you said take the piss out of um like tropes you know like the whole thing about like it says like orcs you know like like why are they all evil like it kind of like metally goes like why are they all evil <laughs> like just because they've actually you know like it does take the mick out of the D sort of tropes as well which is kind of yeah. good i did think it lacked a lot of the like it has the lichen throat pickles yeah mm -hmm. but it didn't have any like uh other 
Rick and Morty sort of monsters. Like, um, oh, the name of the guy who's the director. When they make the flu virus and mix it with the love potion, it turns everyone into... Oh, vaguely, yes, I know who you mean, uh, yeah. It turns everyone into... Uh, they call... They call I've forgotten the name of it. But like a Gazorpazorp or something like that would be something. Like, <laughs> Gazorpazorp. And there's no Aracocra. Why is it not? There's like, no Aracocra. I know. And it's because they don't have the basic rules, probably. Probably. Again, mm. I feel it's like, you don't have to be a huge fan of Rick and Morty, but it's very helpful. So, for example, there is a Mr. Meeseeks room where mm. you as a DM get to really relish in them. Like, So basically there's a box on a mm. pedestal with a button and no doubt someone's going to press the button, take, pick up the box and press the button and a bold blue sort of alien creature appears. It's like, hi, Mr. Meeseeks. Yeah, and you, exactly. It's a great role-playing thing. So you have to start going, hello, how can I help? All that sort of thing. And yeah. the great thing is that they're immune to damage. Yes. <laughs> they can't be killed by any means. So that's a whole thing. But yeah, a lot of these things, I think there's really interesting, like there are opportunities to role play stuff, but also you said to flip the sort of stereotypes on its head. So for example, there's two rooms, there's the awkward gift room and followed by the festive dinner room. And you see uh, some very stereotypical orcs taking something into bags and running away. And you're like, oh, stop. And then presumably you'd fight them in some way. And then you may kill them. Go into the next room and it looks like everyone's sitting down to dinner. All these orcs are like, oh not mummy oh where's mummy she says she's gonna bring me a gift and you're like ah oh, we're the bad people here yes exactly yeah and then you lift up the the lid and find that they're about to eat a goblin for dinner yeah exactly so it flips it back again yeah, essentially exactly. yeah. yeah there doesn't seem to be many like alien alien creatures in Cronenbergs it Cronenbergs like the... is the name i was looking for Cronenbergs. there you go there you that go so there's, there's not yeah. much of that i wonder because rick and morty do spell jammer well yeah that for me would be the next leap right they do like yeah. an adventure spell jammer-esque something yeah. one room i do want to mention is the writer's room which is, yeah. is uh, so it's room eight and essentially you get into like this corridor and there's somebody writing at a desk and they're like i must finish this deadlines and you as a dm's like oh yeah i couldn't finish the dungeon so um i got em- employed her and so she extends the room and you have to g- pass all these obstacles to get to her and convince her to help you in some way and i quite like that because you can imagine that being a big map you can you know, put up traps yeah, and everything like that I love it. it's it's a really fun little thing again it's the first time you show that you're a bit of a dick and like this is like yeah. you making stuff up on the spot essentially all these rooms you can literally lift and put somewhere else like a, a big favorite of mine is the magic mouth room which is like your first big puzzle room essentially there's a horrible like glistening gob in the wall and you're like hello and it says as you have to be as mouthy as possible to give them the the, the riddle they have to answer and be very distracting which yeah. i love i yeah. love tips like that say be yeah. distracting be irritating be I just, yeah, exactly. mm. it's like um so in xanathar's uh when you get xanathar's in um dragon heist they have this uh, person uh oh i've forgotten the name i'm gonna have to very quickly find yeah, do it, a google but, uh, i'll, t- I'll tell you another one whilst you're looking that up so another one of my favorite rooms is one called the clone room which is really yeah. later on i'll read you the description of it this room is totally and completely and suspiciously empty the only visible feature is the exit door on the other side the far door opens and an identical party of adventurers enters eyeing you suspiciously it's not a cursed mirror or whatever i'm not a damn hack these are identical versions of you. In the interest of efficiency, I sent another dimension's versions of you into the dungeon right where you started. Admittedly, this meeting is pretty awkward, but I'm sure we can sort it out. <laughs> 
Yeah. How funny. I just, yeah. I I remember the one that was what I was getting to as well was the gnome clown. So they randomly, if you go to Xanathar's layer, there is a gnome clown, a deep gnome in Clownish Guard, is dancing and cartwheeling up and down the hall between the statues. No, thanks. A scarcely dressed deep gnome, Flutterfoot Zips Wiggle, serves Xanathar as a jester. He carries a packet containing dust of disappearance. Unknown to Flutterfoot, the beholder is tired of the deep gnome and plans to turn him to stone when they next meet. (laughs) Oh, no. Flutterfoot knows the features and layouts of Xanathar's layer as well as the beholder's current whereabouts and the locations of all secret doors except one of them. He gleefully offers to serve as a guide if the characters correctly answer a riddle, right? Um, And so I read this and went, right, it's time to freaking annoy my players. And they hated them, but they knew how useful they would be. So it was like, (laughs) they because they found one of the secret doors that led directly into this room where he's like, cartwheeling about and uh, and i just go hello hi there how are you oh we're gonna have fun and just talk like this and they were like shut up and i'm like no it's flutter foot zips wiggle like this the whole time and i was like answer this riddle and he goes i know where all the secrets are and stuff like that and so they're like he's really freaking useful but i really hate him yeah that's the thing. It's like you know how good a character is like that, and yeah, I, exactly. it allows you to be fun as a DM. And also, the players go, mm. "Oh, it's really good." Compared yeah. to the normal thing that happens, where the players go, "We love this NPC," and you're like, "Oh, I just pulled that out of my ass like two <laughs> no, seconds exactly. ago." Yeah. No, it's so <laughs> true. But I think that's why I don't know when this came out. But I think so mm. it shows that there there is that. I felt felt Dragon Heist is a bit of a lighter comedy version of of D and D generally, anyway. But the Rick and Morty takes it to another level. What it does do uh, uh, reading through these these new ones is actually teaches you how. How to be a dungeon master in a really like advanced way of like how to really yeah. play up dungeon rooms and be very meta about it and what the open the expanse is up so again i think it still comes back to this feeling like this is definitely something for more experienced players yeah. and dms but as much as it's a yeah maybe people who like rick and morty will get into dungeon dragons but let's be honest potentially there's probably more likely to be a good crossover yeah. uh, and that it's this is probably better served as a thing to for Dungeons and Dragons fans to pay buy into. I think so. So with that in mind then, yeah. we've sort of mentioned before about these other collaborations of the Stranger Things, that's the other sort of big starter set for that that came out a couple of years ago as well. I sort of pitched to you like what yeah. that, not settings, because that's not because obviously any any film or mm. genre can be a DD setting or an other RPG setting. But I just thought what's a brand or a franchise that's been really big but doesn't necessarily have an RPG system itself or isn't been in D yet like a collaboration like this yeah where it's 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 niche enough to be popular but also like people like is this could this does this work as a DD thing yeah the, the one thing that's very similar to this which doesn't necessarily use D, but i was like this it makes sense you've got a, a dm who's boisterous and like adds things to it uh is of course uh wonderlands bunkers and badasses which is actually an rpg that's come out yes it has come out and they, they've made one haven't they yeah, yeah so yes yeah, so that it's it is D light in a way but mm. what's the sort of unique thing about it so it uses similar sort of things is that you can get completely randomized guns like you can in Borderlands anyway. But that's the big thing. When you pick up loot, you have to roll for it and you get cards and you can put stickers on and everything like that. Mm. So you can be really customized in what you pick up. I mean, the Tiny Tina's version of this would be great. Tiny Tina's I would love this. intro to D&D or something like that would be really good. Yeah, I think, I, again, I don't have my book to hand because it's, it's packed away in one of the boxes, but there are uh, adventures in the Bunkers and Badasses RPG, yeah. which is similar to this. But again, it's not 
fully D and D. It's yeah. a little bit different to me, but that's the one because again, you've got the big voice in that. You've mm. got very big characters, silliness. It's different in a way because it's like we've got guns, whereas here it was Rick and Morty's like we've got science and ray guns yeah. and all that sort of thing. But it's a fantasy, high fantasy dungeon. Same thing, but with guns, I guess, and the borderland, that borderlands humor as well coming through. Yeah. See, I can't. I, I found it very difficult because I think a lot of the ones, as you said, are already done. I think you picked up on some good ones that I'm going to pick up from you, which is the Lucas, all the LucasArts games. Yeah, like have a very similar sort of on the nose humor so yeah and i think as i've i've mentioned a few times that the the piracy of uh the piracy is in like pirates themes in D D is very lacking so monkey yes. island is a great challenge yeah monkey island or having a sea of thieves type yeah, one exactly i think pirates will never go away pirates forever yar yeah. you know that's <laughs> but yeah i agree it's the humor of it so and actually yeah. again jumping from that lucas arts things i know they're similar in the companies um is the psychonauts games have you played oh, those yeah, at all yeah i know of them yeah I, i've not played them but again it has a similar sort of humor this idea that's a kid that you go in to people's minds and you pick up collectibles which are known as emotional mm. baggage uh, which I fucking love so yeah. stuff like that you could I can easily see like a one shot what we do in the shadows <gasps> oh my god uh, yeah it's a domain of dread or like written by Nandar <laughs> Oh no, Guillermo! Guillermo, Guillermo, of Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo. Wrote his own, like D and D adventure, which is like all based on him being like a super awesome oh. evil with uh, vampire lord. Oh, yeah, and all the party you get Colin Robinson in yeah, there as exactly, well. Yeah, emotional <gasps> vampires. Yes, my other crazy one that I've just come up with on that. Parks and Rec crossover with Ben making a Cones of Dunshire. Yes! Cones of Dunshire D and D adventure module. Beginner yes. set explained by Ben, but in stop motion animation. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like the first two seconds. Yeah, and it exactly. Cuts out. And then cuts out. Because that would be really wholesome as well. Because you can yeah. have because everyone will everyone's really lovely and very different. Yeah, and then you have Amber playing Strad. <laughs> oh, oh, I knew it. You are pulling back into that. But then you could have Jerry, who's actually the MVP of the of the the whole campaign. Yes, exactly. like, oh, bloody Jerry! Yeah, a yeah, different exactly. kind of Jerry. Yeah, it's, it's similar in same respect. Similar, but like a very lovely. Like I have three daughters, and we're all very lovely. And Tom being like uh, the bard or something, yeah, definitely because of high charisma. Sure. Uh, you know and then no, no, I love that I oh, Parks and Rec like one shot RPG like like that set like that would be really cool the other ones I thought of uh, because you've been watching it quite a lot and it's on my watch list is The Boys this idea yes. of having superheroes or adventures mm. but leaving devastation in their yeah. wake so they make you even play as like npc characters really and you have yes. to clean up after you know oh we've sent off all these people bloody hell you know <laughs> just yes. you have to build them or something like that you you have mm. to take some sort of like like petition saying we want you to stop saving our villages because you're actually destroying them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good I, I think that would be good it'd be a tough i don't think wizard would go down the boys route as i said but i think it would be yeah. i think it would be interesting i agree yeah the, i will say yeah for anyone who's who's interested in the boys a graphic novel but it's also on amazon uh, as i think it's definitely what one of our favorite tv shows but yeah it's if you don't like rick and morty you won't like the boys it's it's yeah which is it's a shame because it's a really cool concept i really love the idea behind it i can't think of any others the only ones i was remembering was that tsr owned the rights to in the past was other Mm. lucas films things so they did do indiana jones Mm -hmm. which just leads me on to like uncharted Ooh, an uncharted like starter set yeah the thing that what are the three pillars are exploration role play and combat i think Mm -hmm. yeah are the three pillars and i think exploration as a major theme 
in mm. D D hasn't been around since Planescape, probably, which is very much an exploration based, like fun, like functionally, functionarily, functionally, I don't know, based around planar exploration. However, mm. I feel like there isn't like I feel like a really cool campaign setting that is missing is like you're a series of archaeologists in the deep in water, you know, out of water deep, and you're going to go and find his five adventures that all link to like some sort of ancient uh, temples where you're yeah. finding artifacts that all link back to some sort of like. I don't know, some like maybe three chapter Temple of Doom sort of style things. The Tomb of Annihilation, but without the Annihilation part, really. Yeah, exactly, like... yeah. But if it was more mini and then you fly around to like what well, a candle keep to pick up, like to do Ooh. some clue searching to find out the yeah the map of the Unforgotten Realms and yeah. then you could chart it. Exactly. Oh, that'd be quite cute. You know what I mean? Do the little flying around a bit. So there's a few different areas you go to that all yeah. lead to like finding out some sort of ancient yeah. I don't know, it just feels like that's sort of missing. Maybe, maybe I've missed that'd it. Be a re- I think that'd be a really interesting one as well. Because like I said, the, the Rick and Morty one isn't necessarily combat heavy. There is obviously mm. there are ways to get around it, I think. Okay. like, But I agree. Like, I think having a purely sort of exploration one, because I can imagine that again yeah. with that sort of the Chult setting and with all the little yeah. mini-god temples mm. that you go and pick up stuff from, that yeah. could be really interesting. And if you're racing against time as well, against somebody yeah, else. Racing against time, get to Kalamshan, then you have to jump over to Candlekeep, then you're in Waterdeep. I know you do that a bit in Tyranny of Dragons. There's a lot of uh, jumping around, but... But you're not necessarily racing against another group of people, whereas compared to... Um, oh, I guess the Cult of Dragons a little bit, but you're kind of chasing off, stopping them doing bad stuff. You're not racing against them, I guess. So you're right. Uh, like, uh, yeah, no, I'm just trying to remember what, what it's called. The, the deep. Uh, that was it. Yeah, I was like, what's the name of the critical role? Yeah, so you have where you aren't the chosen mm. ones, it's somebody else. So having that that group of rivals that beat you to so things. Maybe that one is more like that, because that is about going some... I don't know. I, I just got this thing in my mind. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I think, I think yeah. there's something to do there. And again, just to emphasize, we do know there are other RPG settings uh, oh, and other systems. We know that. But I'm just thinking something that is this collaboration that makes that point. It's like, oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. The other ones I thought of were uh, the Matrix in general, sort of mm. like if you could, with the, you can have the Spelljammer influences there, like going, you know, getting on the Nebuchadnezzar, going yeah. down to the, that hidden city, etc., and going into all these places that aren't real because mm. they've been made up because they, their planes have been created to keep those inhabitants in as they suck off their life forces or something like that. That's yeah. quite interesting. And then finally was Resident Evil, particularly. Uh, number seven, which is all about the Baker household, which is yeah. horrific, and then Village, which is the most recent one, which is obviously set in a uh, a scary town with yeah. obviously a big castle. So you get those as sort of very big sort of gothic themes, and so instantly yeah. do different kinds of domains of dread where you can have yeah. one shots in as well, and just have this idea of this this virus is actually very real thing that sort of connects everything and it's spreading throughout and infecting people and maybe you have to work out maybe like ash versus the evil dead oh that would be good i'm just trying to think of things that are like humorous yeah. versions of because i think like if it's a serious thing yeah. this is what i'm thinking they again they why they haven't really gone mm. down the serious routes apart from if they are either playing actual D in the game is that ash versus evil dead is stupid you know what ash versus evil dead yeah, army of darkness that sort of thing yeah. that would really work well because it's yeah it is just silly and it's like oh, yeah. groovy all oh, right yeah. yeah and ash being the person that talks you through it and so like yeah. this is how these are the zombies you've got to watch out for and i did people yeah. were saying that there isn't enough zombies in D. i mean i'm not a massive fan of zombie films generally to be honest so like that's probably i'm not the best person to push for it but mm. i find them a bit generic and also find it a bit scary <laughs> 
they're the ones that actually freak me out. But yeah, you could have stuff like, um, is it Dale and Tucker versus Evil, where it's like two oh, yeah. hillbillies accidentally, they're in like, they, they there's like a group of campers or something who keep dying in mysterious, like, uncircumcised. And there's two hillbillies and they think it's the hillbillies doing all the murders and they're not they're just really nice guys. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, don't right. do that. Don't drink the water. Oh, shit. Oh, no, you died. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's it's really funny as oh, a film. Is it good? Okay. I will say it might be dated now, but it's just idea it's, it's just very silly concept of like, oh, no. Because yeah, mm. you think, oh, these hillbillies, they're the ones that are killing everyone. And it's like, they're just two nice guys who are just yeah. caught up and stuff. And they try and save someone. And they think, oh, no, she's been kidnapped. Quick, we must attack the house. <laughs> And thank you so much for yeah. what a great talk about that topic. I think, yeah, there's something mm. in it. And like I said, I recommend reading it through for sure. Um, sounds like there's some actual plays out there. Mm, see, I, I would actually run this. I'd give a go running it just because it's it's a bit silly and stuff. And if it's not your cup of tea, totally fine as well. Because again, as I said, it's a bit like Marmite, I think. You're yeah. going to really, really love it or you're yeah, really, really yeah. going to hate it. Well, why don't we leave you with the disclaimer? We at Wizard of the Coast here on Earth C-132 do not agree with our mirror selves on Earth C-141. Rich Santos was not, nor ever will be, considered the greatest effing dungeon master designer of all time, even if he does have that very, quote, tattooed across his entire back, which is evidently how you qualify for jobs in C-41. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Hamilton, when you're not yes. talking to me about very niche D&D <laughs> modules, <laughs> where can we find your work? What are you up to? What am I um, What am I yeah. doing? What are you doing? Uh, what am I doing? I'm hoping by now Morkborg is out. Seriously, it's going to be, it's going to be out by now. I hope it, if it isn't, then uh, I failed you all. I'm very sorry. <laughs> then there's going to be some pirate stuff coming up soon. Yep. And then soon after that, there is Spelljammer and Bowie's. Bowie's Spelljammer. Bowie's in space. I've just, I've, yeah, some, something cool. I can't say yet. You can't say. Confirmed that it's not nope. written down. Let's just say there's going to, it's, so, well, I can say, I can say the concept. I can say the concept. I concept. Know. Go for the concept. Yes, please. It's Bowie in space. It's basically a Spelljammer filled with, it, basically everyone on the spaceship is an alter ego of Bowie, of Bowie's alter ego. So you've got Ziggy Stardust, you've got Aladdin Sane. You've got Halloween Jack. Maybe there's a diamond dog in there somewhere. You know, all this sort of stuff. And the first series is going to be called Scary Monsters and Super Creeps because it's named after series, because it's named after that album. And every episode is going to be titled after the titles of the tracks. There'll be the Rocker Brawl. There will be Neogi. There's going to be, I'm sure I'll chuck a gif in there or, or a gif, however you want to say it. And However Bowie says it. Yeah, or, Bowie or, says or it. Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bowie says gif. Bowie says gif. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I've got some fun plans. I can't wait to see it, hear it and live, live it. it. Well, exactly. Maybe maybe if I can grab Fiona to be a part of it at some point. Yeah. I'm grabbing, I'm trying to grab people in a very, consensual way <laughs> you collect ask first, people yes. Yes. collect <laughs> people is what I mean collect, no that's worse even I'm just I'm reaching out to lots of people and trying to get lots of amazing there people on board which I think I already have so I'm quite excited I'm it's very excited by it as well that's my drums <laughs> that's it what about so um, what time is it uh, where are we who are you how are you when <laughs> now question mark what time is it? Well, nearly midnight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your second question? Like, who are you? Who am I? I am Fiona. Uh, I'm, I'm Fiona of this podcast. <laughs> when? When am I? Uh, it is a time of recording. It is a, a Thursday yeah. in July and it's very warm. How are you? I'm all right. And where? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. So where? 
is uh, what am I rolling? We a... practice that for hours. Yeah, <laughs> seamless, seamless. A twice monthly RPG one shot podcast. As always, it's going very, very well. We run different one shots of different RPG systems and have some interviews with game designers in between. We've done mm. stuff like Numenera that's come out. We've done You Awaken in a Strange Place. Or yes, that's the one. Uh, we've done solo RPGs. You know, Long Haul we... Night Eighty Three. You've done Labyrinth. I've you done had Labyrinth. the most podcasts on recently. Yes. Yeah. All, all, all good things, and we've yeah. got over a hundred episodes now. I genuinely can't believe. I know. Centenary. Have you done a hundred of these yet? Uh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think you must have done. And by the way, everyone at home, Fiona is amazing and the best person in every single show on where, <laughs> as she says herself. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> If you if you want to listen to more about me, listen to all the episodes. Of where. If you want to see the see where they got the concept for Rick as a DM. <laughs> Finally, 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 finally. Also, 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 we have an offer code. If you, like us, like RPGs, like gaming in general, of the tabletop variety, you can get an offer code at Third Space Gaming in Burnley, uh, your friendly local gazer, Burnley. Uh, you type in DNBC into checkout. You've got to do the hand gestures in order to mm-hmm. get the checkout number. And it's 10% off your first order, whether that's terrain, whether that's dice, whether that's an RPG, whether that's Radiant Citadel, which probably is already out by now, or maybe it's Spelljammer. Get the pre-order. Might even be out by now. Maybe. Or any other pre-order from Wizards yeah. of the Coast. Thank you so much for listening, <laughs> folks, and we will see you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>